Want to listen to the full Burt Show every day, uninterrupted, with no ads? Become a bonus Burt Show subscriber. Find out more at theburtshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. It was team over family is what the decision was that my 16-year-old made a couple of weeks ago. I was telling you guys on Friday, <clears throat> excuse me, that... Um, you know, I want to do this Thanksgiving really big for me and my 16-year-old because because of the custody agreement that I have with my ex-wife and him turning 18. I'm not going to have a lot of Thanksgivings with him one-on-one. You know, we might do some family stuff. Who knows what's going to happen? So we're if it makes bo- you feel any better, I haven't missed a Thanksgiving. Is that right? Yeah. Really? We've we've gone home every single year for Thanksgiving. So, or they have come to us like a handful of years, but I've never missed a Thanksgiving. Even when you left the house at 18 years old, you go yes. to college or whatever, even though you went to school kind of right down the street from where you live, mm-hmm. um, you never missed one. No. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Does that give you hope? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I am. I do have kind of like my finger on the panic button thinking like, okay, once he leaves the house, I'll never see him again. Yeah, no. Ha- um, haven't missed a Christmas. Haven't right. missed a Thanksgiving. Okay, so maybe that will happen, I'm sure. He's kind of an independent dude, though, man. Who knows where he's going to end up. Anyway, so um, I booked this trip and a really, really special one down to South America. He's a huge soccer fan, and I'm an international soccer fan also, and I love traveling. So Brazil and Argentina are playing each other in a World Cup qualifier, which is going to be the biggest game in the universe that weekend, right? It doesn't get any bigger than that. So I booked these tickets, as I told you guys on Friday, and then after I book them, my 16-year-old calls me and goes, oh, oh, turns out uh, that if my football team, my high school football team keeps advancing, we'll be playing in the state championship the same weekend we're supposed to be down in Brazil. And that's what I turned to him and I said, so let me get this straight. You want me to cut half of my vacation in half for the possibility of your team getting in to the state championship. And he said, that's exactly right. And, and you I were said, like, you were like. I said, well, and you're exactly an idiot. Because <laughs> that's not going to happen for this guy. But I'll tell you what, Hollis, you go ahead. You make your decision. If you want to ride it out and chance it on your team, because he's the team manager also. And he just, I told you Friday, he just loves being part of a team. Anyway, um, he's just really, really into it. So I said, you make the decision. Whatever you want to do, I will go with, bro. But I am telling you, I am going to South America either with or without you. But you make your call. <laughs> So he, I hit him back the next day, and I say, okay, what's your decision? Really thinking he was going to go, yeah, I thought it out, dude. I, who knows if we're going to make it. I really thought he was going to say, okay, I'm going with you. And he's like, nope. <laughs> nope, choose my team. <laughs> so Friday night was their second game in the playoffs. They won the first week. He was feeling pretty good about his decision. Now his second week comes, and their team was playing the number one seed in the state. And I think Hollis's team is number four. Huge underdogs. They had lost to this team weeks ago by 35 points. And my son was convinced they were going to make up that 35 points. 35 <laughs> points in a couple of weeks. They lost by 35 points? They uh-huh. lost by 35 a couple of weeks ago. In soccer? No, 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 This is football. Football. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay. So he's the manager of the football team, but they're going to go see a soccer match in Brazil. Okay. Yeah. Right. But it's a yeah. football team that's playing. I was like, why is everybody acting like this is normal? <laughs> <laughs> well, at his school, they give 10 points for every goal. <laughs> yeah, football. You, you genuinely were shocked. I was like, should I say anything? <laughs> Maybe they'll never notice. <laughs> You're like, I've seen soccer games. They're like two to one. Yeah. one one, one. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah, so his football team lost to this team th- by 35 points some weeks ago. But he was convinced, man. And he's like, my gut is never wrong, Dad. My uh-huh. gut is never wrong. I am going with them. And I respected the decision. So Friday night rolls around. I'm at Kristen's house. And I get a call from Hollis after the game. And all of us are sitting around. Well, we're listening on my watch, which is weird. Um, and uh, I ask him, what happened? What happened? What happened? He's like, we lost. Oh. Mm. Oh. Oh. The <laughs> <laughs> led him astray. Oh, oh, no. So they were up 21-16. Football, that's three touchdowns. Okay, got it now. Uh, <laughs> they were up 21-16 at half, and then they just S the bed the second half, man. Mm. And they got shut out. Ended up losing like 41 to oh, uh, 16. I mean, uh, 41-21. So <laughs> I said to him, well, you enjoy Georgia, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Good life lesson for him. It is, because it would be thousands of dollars at this point to try to change. We're leaving. We're supposed to be leaving. I'm leaving yes. on Thursday. So to try to change his flight, it would be thousands of dollars. So as I'm constantly telling him, man, life is about choices, dude. And you rode on your team, and I really, really respect that. But you made a choice, and I'm not spending all that cash. So <laughs> so they got a, the, he's 16 years old and he'd be fine to go through the airport himself but Delta has this program where they'll escort him through the airport and they escort him when he gets to uh, Brazil also so he'll be good to go but this guy going to going to Brazil <laughs> see you in a few days friend The Burt Show alright Amber so you accidentally this must have been embarrassing hitting on a married woman yeah it, I wish I could say it was the first time listen <laughs> Like Katie has told y'all many times, it is very difficult sometimes to know, one, if a woman is even gay, let alone married. But this one was my fault because I was a little drunk. Let me paint the picture here. (laughs) So we were going to uh, this Mexican restaurant in Fayetteville because I live on the south side. And uh, we sat at the bar because when I sit at the bar, bartenders love me. I think it's because I also used to be one, so we get it. But also, I'm a fun person to, to have around. And you so, drink a ton. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially <laughs> if it's discounted or free. I, I can hold it back. Go to the well. <laughs> All of the well drinks. Nothing from the top. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> and so we order our drinks. My cousin Chris, he always gets a, a Long Island with a shot of Grand Marier. That's like his, wow. that's his favorite drink, his go-to every time. Oh, he's not playing out No, here. he's not playing games. Okay. He's just drinking a straight cup of alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, with Grand Marier. And Grand Mar- that will sneak up on you. That don't don't let no, no it's one not sleep sneaking. on you. No, yeah. it's not sneaking. No, it's kicking the door through. Is that like an after dinner type deal? Is that like that? Yeah, it's we like used a, to take we used to take shots of it. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but we would always be like, "Give me a hit of grandma." That's one of my favorite shots. It, yeah, we do, yeah, we used yeah. to do it all the time, but it's and it's got this warm, like it gives you the fuzzies, warm yes. and fuzzies all in your chest. It's like a the stepsister of a fireball or something. <laughs> yeah, it's like an alcoholic so hug, yeah. you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we 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 get our drinks. I got like the twenty ounce margarita, sugar rimmer. I'm feeling sex, you know, sexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what we do, and then we do two more shots of uh, tequila. Oof. It was at, uh, what was, I want to say, it was at Don Julio. That's that good stuff. Oh, it's yes. Nice and smooth. And you you're know? doing shots of that? Yeah. You it's know, expensive. We were- I mean, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a vibe. It was a vibe. Okay. Remember, <laughs> bartenders love me, so it wasn't a full. You know. 
So anyways, um, the, there was a server who was working there. And you know how the, uh, when you go to a lot of Mexican restaurants, it's all black uh, uniforms they wear. Mm-hmm. So she had her uniform on. And me and my cousin were like, yo, look at Hottie right there. What's up? You know. And so, and so I'm thinking to myself, this is my moment. I have always been terrified to approach women. I'm just going to oh, do let's, it. Let's stop there for just one second. Oh, why, God. Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the same reason that uh, most men or most lesbians in general uh, approaching a woman you're attracted to is terrifying. A little intimidating? Yeah, yes. It's, it's, uh, yes. And <laughs> because, if you had the added pressure, like you said earlier, is she or is she not gay? Yes. Mm-hmm. And also, right. I'm the, I guess you could say the more masculine of the women that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. So that means I'm going to be the one who's done. I'm going to be the one paying for the beer. I'm you, Mo. <laughs> At least the rejection should be a little easier to take, right? Because she's not necessarily not into you. She's just not into women. That's true, but I didn't know that at first. So I decided to put my big boy pants on, <laughs> and uh, I walk up to her, and and she she was actually sitting down, I guess, to to take a look at her receipts or whatever. And I, oh my god, this is so embarrassing. I go up to her, and I say, "Excuse me." <laughs> so first of all, starting off with that just felt kind of weird. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> that was a pretty good opening. Yeah. Okay, cool. You're so. interrupting yeah. her while she's doing something. Right. It's, it's very, very common to say excuse me. Okay, it just it's fe- way... it felt like a little much. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's way better than something like boo. <laughs> <laughs> or if you were like, excuse me, my lady. <laughs> and trying to reach you regarding your extended car's warranty. <laughs> no, so I, I said excuse me, and she looked up at me. And then the moment she looked up at me, that's when all of a sudden I saw this big ring on her finger that I didn't notice before. Mm. I don't know how, but this thing was huge. Like it had its own zip code kind of big. <laughs> kind of like, yo, what what is what does your hubby do for a living kind of large? You know what I mean? It's like an uh, invisible fence. My God. <laughs> yeah. for single people. I don't know how I didn't see it the first yeah. time. That's and what so you call I, the audible. Yeah, bro. It might have, the margarita and the Don Julio might have something yeah. to do with that. Yeah, yeah, probably a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so when you approach her, did, did you make the move and she said something, or you just saw the ring and then immediately turned well, the first, I, I told her the truth. I told her the truth. I said, well, I was coming over here to hit on you or to, you know, or to, to tell you that you're beautiful, whatever. And But then I noticed this huge ring you got on your hands. I'm about to back it up a little bit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I see your armor. I got you. <laughs> but I, and then I said, well, I usually have a difficult time approaching women and I was taking a chance with you, obviously, Aww. you know. And then she uh, found that, I guess, endearing yeah. that I was, you know, shooting my shot at the wrong person, but I still took a chance, and I think Mm -hmm. she understood that. So it didn't go horribly as it could have, but it was was hella embarrassing. I will tell you, uh, for straight people also to be hit on by gay people, it's a different level of a compliment. It's it's more so. (laughs) I find it is. Uh, I always appreciate it. Yes. (laughs) The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's The Burt Show's Entertainment Buzz. Britney Spears' manager is slamming SNL's impersonation of her. And honestly, I'm a little shocked. So I don't have cable, so I don't watch SNL live. But like the next day, I'll go check out all the sketches that I missed on YouTube. Sometimes I'll see little clips on TikTok. And then I'm like, oh, I need to find that on YouTube. So I actually, I saw this clip on YouTube over the weekend. And people in the comments were actually praising SNL for not going too hard on Britney. So for a little background, the sketch was Chloe Fineman playing Britney Spears. But she wasn't even 
even really the center of the sketch. She was just introducing the quote unquote actors that didn't get chosen to be her audio book narrator. Mm. And it was actually hysterical. Somebody did an incredible impress- impression of John Mulaney. And then there was one of like the guy from Jackass and um, Britney's manager Kate, Kate Hudson, he got on social media and he said, wow, the writers of at SNL are getting worse and worse. No wonder you all reached out to me to get Britney on the show. SNL is on life support. You all are pathetic and Chloe Fineman isn't funny. Personally, I think she did a great job. It was too on point. And I think that's probably why it hit a little too close to home because I think sometimes like when you make a joke, sometimes people can laugh at themselves. But if it's something you're insecure about and it's a little bit too true, it's just not but funny. It's like yeah. the joke isn't about the book or her. It's about the people who wanted to read it. So it would be like the other impersonations. I, I'm, I feel like... If they wanted it to go below the belt, they could have, but they kept it somewhat respectful because of everything she's been through. The PR people are hired to be a-holes. That's what they do, all right? So they have to try to protect their talent. So she was, I think, assuming that Britney was going to be upset by it, so I think she got ahead of it. But to me, the naked ear doesn't sound bad. Well, Kate and Brittany are like best friends as well. So she may have said something to him. But at the same time, like even though they didn't go in hard, I think she has been just so used and is overexposed. Like I, when I see Brittany, I see a raw nerve right now. Like you say anything about her and it hurts. And that's not fair. And I think when you're famous, you kind of set, like sign up to be made fun of and discussed in the public spotlight. But at the same time, I'm like, she is, it, she's going through a real tough time right well, now. Comedically, that's when you go in. <laughs> when the nerve is exposed. Yeah, but I, I feel like not when there's mental health issues involved, but at the same time... They're putting like, together a sketch show, man. They're not worried about all that. I Well, I think they are, and that's what I commend them for because yeah. they could have gone in hard. Like, she had... She, I, I understand she's exercising her freedoms, but she is giving so much fodder that they could have used with the dance video, like the knives, everything. <laughs> so for them to not really go in shows me that I think behind the scenes, there was probably a very big discussion about Britney and her health, mental health. For sure. The, the whole Justin Timberlake fiasco that came out of like there was a million different things mm-hmm. they could have utilized. And I feel like they chose the tamest mm. of all of them. Yeah, if I'm Brittany, I'm pretty relieved because like you said, mm. they could have gone so much farther with some of these sketches. And I, th- I think you also like have to realize like when you're in the public eye and you realize SNL is going to be making impersonations of you, they're going to expand of your course. personality on a much bigger level. Like there was a hysterical <clears throat> sketch with uh, Timothy Chalamet and Troy Sivan where they basically just made fun of all of his little dance moves and it was hysterical. And I thought Troy was going to get upset but then he popped on um, TikTok and was like, that was absolutely hysterical. So shout out SNL for that impersonation. Okay. Okay. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of Lana Del Rey fans have been upset that she has never won a Grammy before. And it turns out there might actually be a good reason because turns out Lana Del Rey didn't know that to win a Grammy, you have to submit yourself <laughs> to win a Grammy. No, full stop. Like, you're, you're in the music industry. Mm. Everybody around you yeah. knows that you're supposed to do that. I don't believe that for a hot second. Or you have a horrible team. You, Just a your really team, terrible Your team. music team, your <laughs> your record yeah. label, like your producer. Everybody sucks if yeah. they don't know. I don't believe that for a second. Don't you worry, don't? baby. They'll no. find you. They'll find you. You don't even need to apply. No. It's so good. They'll find you. That's a way of saying yeah. I, this is like I wasn't nominated before, not because my album wasn't good enough, because right. I forgot mm. to submit myself. Yeah. I, don't, I don't believe that. Honestly. 
honestly, I think it's long overdue for her to finally win album of the year. But yeah, she's surrounded by so many Grammy winners that I don't see how any of this like doesn't come up. Like, it, hey, gr- hey, girl, this is the website. This is where you submit it. Here's where you put the file. And like for her record label not to alert her. Like, come on now. That's come the on. biggest offense. Your record label yes. didn't handle it. Yeah. Is there a category for music that musical Xanax? Because that's really what it is. It's just a Zanny. What? Her music Lana is Del so Rey's boring. Music. Oh, my God. It is, is so puts you right to sleep. complex <laughs> and nuanced. I love Lana's and stuff. And boring. No way. <laughs> Some of those lyrics are shocking. Have you listened? Do you listen to Lana? I love Lana Del Rey. You're the one that called oh. me out the other day for um, for that one album that oh, we yeah. were sharing. That song, Cola, don't play it at work. That's all I'll <laughs> she say. Is, her music is the audio version of smoke from a pipe going through your lungs <laughs> right before you get hot. You just haven't heard the good ones. <laughs> There's a song all about being on the radio. I'll play it for you during the break. All right, why is Britney Spears posting about Taylor Swift on Instagram? I'll tell you what she said about Taylor after meeting her in 2003. It's on your next eBuzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. There's a whole bunch of dudes on TikTok right now calling out women for a stereotype. And unfortunately, Abby sees is seen. is being seen right now. Yeah, I don't think I know. I fall into a gender stereotype that is not allowing me to rep women well. So, like, have you ever ended up on incel side of TikTok where it's just, like, a bunch of men with microphones with all their little misogynistic takes? Like, you watch one Andrew Tate video on accident (laughs) and then the rest of your For You page is just, like, horrible takes for days and days. Well, I had ended up getting into a bad news cycle, like, a couple of weeks ago, and I got on the side of TikTok where it was just men with podcasts with their little, with their little, bad takes and then women stitching it and me kind of getting into this deep hole of listening to what men had to say. And I think I get kind of morbidly curious about what's going on in their little brains. You know, like what, what do they really think about men or women when we're not around? And there was this one TikTok video that was going around with one of those takes and I had seen it going viral like months and months back and it was kind of having a resurface on my For You page. And it was a couple of different podcasts with this same exact take. And the first time I had seen this going around, I'd kind of ignored it because I didn't think much of it, didn't think it really applied to me. And then it came up on my For You page a couple of weeks ago because a woman was stitching it. And then I saw all the stitches that other women were doing with it. And, and for those that don't know what a stitch is, oh, if you're not on TikTok. So on TikTok, basically, you can introduce, you can um, attach your video to somebody else's video. So if I have a video where I'm like, tell me what your favorite color is, somebody can stitch that part and just keep the part where I'm saying, what's your favorite color? And they they can stitch me with a video that says, my favorite color is aquamarine because it reminds me of my grandma's pool or something like that. It's very fascinating stuff. (laughs) Yes, it really is. And especially when you get on incel side of TikTok. And so um, this this take that was going around was basically men saying that women, most women are boring because they don't have hobbies. And I was like, wrong. I have hobbies. And all these Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are not a hobby. Listen, (laughs) believing in love is a hobby (laughs) if you want it to be. Okay, okay. Abby's like, wrong man, I have hobbies and I'm still boring. (laughs) 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 So it was all these women basically explaining what their hobbies were and it was all these baddies like showing videos of them uh, being equestrians and like cakes that they've baked and competitions that they've won and novels that they've written. And I was like, wow, women are great. What am I going to stitch with them to show to show that women have hobbies and interests and are awesome and have hobbies? And I was like, shoot, I don't have hobbies. <laughs> I might be just as boring 
as they're claiming that I am. Because, like, I, I was really kind of feeling down because th- there are all these women, like, doing really cool things like knitting blankets and, and just all these incredible feats. And I'm thinking, what do I do every day? And I was kind of like, oh, my God, I live in Groundhog Day. Like, I wake up, mm-hmm. I go to work, I work out, I read my little fairy porn books, I go home. <laughs> That's I stare- a hobby? That's a hobby. You th- reading's a hobby? Yes. But, reading's a hobby. I thought hobbies were, like, things you had to do. So, like, you create things, you you reach goals. To me, reading is sort of like the equivalent of watching TV. Like, I'm doing it for entertainment. TV's a hobby, too. TV's a hobby? Fight before. I know, and you were wrong then, and you're wrong now. Watching TV is not a it's hobby. Not a hobby. <laughs> but, but see, that's my opinion. Like, what's really the difference from of me sitting down and watching a TV show versus reading a book purely for my own entertainment? Not like a self help book of like how to be a good leader, like you know, fairies banging. Would you say go- going to the cinema is a hobby if you appreciate movies? Going to the cinema. Uh, uh, well, why did you just say going to the movies? You trying to put some spice on it? <laughs> See, trying to bedazzle it so it qualifies as a friggin' hobby. Going to the cinema is a hobby. Going yeah. to the movies is not. I didn't go. Actually, no. Yes. Yes. Like if you go to one of those independent movie houses and you're watching some independent movie, that could be a hobby. You go to AMC, you suck. <laughs> I watched Barbie, and that was a hobby. <laughs> Abby, I feel like your overachiever status is showing. Like a hobby is something that brings you joy that you do, like reading, and it's active. You don't have to have an end result. Like, you don't have to produce the largest blanket. You don't have to bike ride the most number of miles. It's simply something that you do that brings you joy. Bird watching is a hobby. Listening to true crime podcast is a hobby. Oh, so... I'm with you here. I don't get, like... I don't think we are built this way. Like, if I am doing something, I am doing something to improve on it, to, for me to look at it at the end of the day and go, oh, I got really good at that, or I want a blue ribbon. Uh, I don't understand the whole, like, doing something just for the fun of it and then moving on to work. I, do- I, don't, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me either. And don't get me wrong, there are things I do that I enjoy, but I think when I was watching so many women doing it with, like, these incredible end goals, like, I saw this woman who was an equestrian, and I'm like, that's one hell of a hobby. And here I am just like reading fourth wing for the fifth time. That's exactly what I was going to say. I don't know why, but for me, it only feels like a hobby if it has an end goal. Like if there's some form of completion at the end of it that I've accomplished something, then it feels like a hobby. Whereas watching TV, you're just watching TV. Yeah, right. I mean, come on now. How about this for a that's, hobby? That's like saying sleeping. Oh, stop. No. Right. Sleeping. When, does, when does it stop if we allow TV to be the a hobby? Def- the dictionary definition of hobby, an activity done regularly in one's leisure time for pleasure. That's the definition of hobby. I mean, sitting on the couch and watching TV is not a hobby, man. It is to some. (laughs) All right. How about this? You have a very successful podcast, The Breakup Breakdown, that you do in your free time for fun, and you just hit a million downloads. How is that not a super impressive hobby? Because I got a check for it. I don't know. It feels like work to me. Okay, but Uh if somebody, like, knitted blankets and they sold them on Etsy for fun, is that then not a hobby anymore? It, to me, then that feels like work again. Yeah. I don't know. Once you get a check, it's not a hobby anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, then you work too much to have a hobby. Yes. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Who's got time for hobbies, man? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess I'll take up Legos like the rest of the insults. <laughs> Weren't you also the person that said your kids were a hobby? Yeah, but I backtracked on okay. that. <laughs> that was just that was, that was just a sad place I was in that day. <laughs> 
The Bird Show. All right, so let's circle back here and get some closure from the weekend because she was really nervous. She was going to have to make a choice here. She's trying to protect her marriage, but it might cost her her job. Yeah, she was so deep into it that she actually wants to go to her boss and ask to be transferred to a different department because she is attracted to her coworker. She's married, but she admits that her marriage is going through rough times and she's trying to keep it together. And a coworker of hers who was very attractive has also been a good friend to her for the past couple of months. So she's starting to realize that she's developing feelings for him and that temptation is becoming a little bit too much. So she was thinking about going to the boss and asking if she could transfer to a different position where she can work from a different building or maybe even work remotely to get far far away from this gorgeous man that she is struggling to contain herself around. All right, so the follow-up is, thanks for talking to me on Friday and giving me all your different perspectives. You were all split in your opinions, so I wasn't sure what to do. I listened multiple times to the segment after you posted it to your podcast so I can hear and process all your opinions. Before I hung up with you, Bert and Kristen both said to ask for the transfer. Cassie and Mo said not to since the issue is more with my marriage. Abby made a joke, so I'm not sure what side she was on. Classic <laughs> me. <laughs> since the advice was split, I decided to weigh each person's advice based on their own experience. Well, this is about to get personal. Mm-hmm. Kristen, you are married and seem to have a strong marriage. Cassie is also married and seems to have a strong marriage. But since you both gave opposite opinions and have similar relevant experience, you've canceled each other out. <laughs> So it comes down to Bert and Mo. <laughs> oh, we just was left, huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I like that she at least took us first. All right, Bert, you've been married and also divorced. So I feel like you have a strong perspective on the difficulty of marriage and maybe some hindsight from having gone through a divorce. Mo, I value pr- your perspective a lot. However, in this situation with conflicting opinions, I think I'm going to take Bert's advice and do whatever necessary to protect my marriage. I came to the decision too late on Friday. Therefore, I plan to speak to my boss today. Thank you so much for your help in talking me through it. I so I love how you and I had the same advice. However, she's taking yours. I have more, <laughs> yeah. I have more credibility than yes, you because you I got divorced. Because yep. <laughs> I had one failed marriage behind Guess me. Guess what? I'm going to let you have that. <laughs> I will. Hey! I'll take all the life's little wins right now. It's all you, boo. Like, I'll say the same thing I said on uh, Friday. I think it's the most precious thing in your life is your marriage and your kids. And you got to do whatever you have to do. And whatever that looks like, you don't need a definition by anybody else's marriage. Whatever that looks like, you got to do. I mean, you made a you made a commitment to each other, right? So if you feel like there's any kind of insecurity in that commitment, I think you got to do what you got to do. And I think this is the right call. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a good move on your part, and I think some people will see it as taking it too far, but I think you're really making the right decision to value the people in your life rather than um, the people that are not in your life, even though I made the joke that you should hook up with them anyway, (laughs) but I think this is the right call. Yeah, I mean, I I guess you do have to do what you got to do at the end of the day. I would be lying if I didn't say I feel like this is the easy way out. And it's it's really, I mean, it's attractive people everywhere. So I feel like you'll continue to run into this problem unless you actually address what the root of the issue is, which to me comes down to you just being an adult and be able to be loyal to your partner. So you think this is easy, but I actually think this is hard. I think they're both hard and you have to choose your heart here. So either you choose um, to stay and deal with the hot coworker invading your brain or you do a transfer and have to like go somewhere different and you know really solidly work on your marriage i think stakes are too high to have that kind of temptation right next to you every day i think yeah stakes are just too high to challenge yourself in that area (laughs) because if you fail you lose your husband 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I see your point. I do get it. I just, I guess. And I, I see your point, too, as far as like there's hot people everywhere. Yeah. Well, depending on what part of the country you live in. There's not. Pittsburgh, for instance. I've been to Pittsburgh. None, dude. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, while there's hot people everywhere, I think there's definitely a difference when you're working with someone constantly and you're ha- you're having water cooler chat and you're working on projects together and accomplishing things together. I think that builds a different level of like emotional intimacy to where I could see how it would blur the lines if you already find them attractive. Whereas like if you just go to Target and you see some hottie behind the cash register, you know, you're going to see them, look at them and go, you are a hot person and then move on with your life. If you see somebody every day that you're working with, much, much harder. Yeah, because you literally are having interaction and... Right. It's such a different thing than just seeing. If you were falling in love with everybody you saw that was hot, then I would agree with you. But this is an intimate situation. But right? how are you able to cope and deal with all these hotties you have to work with? Every single day? <laughs> what did you? Because they're on other shows. I <laughs> <laughs> man knew what he was doing. <laughs> so I think we solved this. Look, if you're having any kind of problem at work with somebody you're attracted to, just ask for a transfer to Pittsburgh. <laughs> run away. Just run away. I think we figured it out. Flee all your problems and you will be a happy person. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights, make it spicy. My margaritas make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you got to have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP and you don't got to worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging so you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout that's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com this exclusive offer is specific to this podcast so be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code Abby. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights make it spicy. My margaritas make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you got to have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't got to worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code Abby. The Bird Show. I got questions for Waffle House. Oh, I got questions. Okay. So there we are out on Saturday night. We had a Burt's Big Adventure reunion on Sunday, a holiday reunion, which we'll tell you about later. But a bunch of staff was in town, so we all met up and had a really, really great time on Saturday night. Yeah, we went to this place called Your Third Spot, and it was awesome. Really super, super fun. So afterwards, some of us didn't want the night to end, uh, but we didn't want to keep drinking. So where do you go after a nice long night? Soak it all up. Where do you go? Waffle House, of course, right? 
So we go to the first Waffle House, and the dining room is closed. Now, they are doing takeout, but your dining room is closed, which I've never seen before. Because aren't they open 24-7? I mm-hmm. was, I, oh, that's so. what I thought so. I said, all right, but no, we're not going to take that for an answer. So let's search another Waffle House because we want to sit down, hang with each other a little bit more and clog our arteries. So um, we find another Waffle House about eight minutes away. Go in there. Dining room closed again. Two of them. Takeout, fine. But this one closed. And I came in here this morning. I'm like, I have never seen that in all my years of going to Waffle House because they're open 24-7. And that's the place you're allowed to almost pass out and eat. (laughs) (laughs) And the only thing that popped into my head is that because um, there's been so many fights that have gone viral at Waffle House and the employees actually, the, the employees did a strike recently talking about how Waffle House needed to look after the care of their employees mm-hmm. um, that maybe on the weekends... They do close the dining room at a, at a certain time just to protect the employees so drunkards don't come in and cause a scene. This is a flawed theory here because you're not going to get anybody more angry than when you're drunk and you're at a Waffle House and they tell you you can't sit down. <laughs> you, are, you are putting the employees at risk here. But you can see some really wild things there late at night, right? Yeah, and I don't know how you all, I haven't told the story of the guy in the purple pimp suit you know, flashing his you-know-what at the Waffle House. Oh, what? Weave us yeah. a tail. <laughs> I, I'm sure I would have remembered this one. So I was in, I think, I'm pretty sure I was in college or right out after college. Hold on, let me pause you here because maybe we can match your weird Waffle House story. Uh, okay. All right, anybody listen, what's the weirdest thing you've seen at a Waffle House? one 855 We might be taking calls until 1130 this morning. Now, now mind <laughs> you, I didn't see his member then. It wasn't until we saw it later. So me and some girlfriends were at the Waho and were hammered. And there is this guy in the most brilliant purple pimp suit. I mean, this thing was impeccable. And we were so impressed. We asked if we could take a picture with him. And of course, he obliged. So there at the Waffle House at two o'clock in the morning, we take our picture with the guy in the purple pimp suit. Didn't think anything of it. Ate our waffles, ate our hash browns, smothered and covered and went on our way. This is not a new Waffle House like mascot. No, no, no. Now, mind you, I'm old (laughs) AF. So this wasn't digital cameras. We had to get the film like actually processed. So you had to go get your film processed and then get your pictures back. So we do this, we get the pictures back and we're looking and we're like, ha ha ha, totally forgot about this picture of the guy in the purple pimp suit at the Waffle House. (gasps) He has his D out. (laughs) So what he had done is when he got flanked by these girls... He somehow unzipped his pants and just he let just it pulled it out. Just let it flop out. Oh, damn. And so and we didn't notice it until after we got our film developed. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty so good. All these, all these cheesy, all these cheesy sorority girls are like, cheese. And he's just over here like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That is not what smothered and covered is. Alright, <laughs> weirdest thing that you ever saw at a Waffle House. Good morning, Burchell. Hi. Hi. Um, yeah, I used to work at a Waffle House in my hometown. And after one incident, of, we had a uh, customer ran her car into our Waffle House dining area. Um, this old man almost ran into uh, the same area because he couldn't see. Oh, wow. So yeah. literally in the parking lot, through the windows, into the Waffle House. Yes. All right, that guy gets, yeah. I feel like every, before you hang up on her. Yeah. 
Thank you for your service. <laughs> Seriously. I totally forgot this. I've got one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The show that Chris and I came from in Raleigh, we used to do this thing called Naked Mondays. Mm. So we went to a Waffle House. We had front row Prince tickets. A girl had to go to the bathroom, take off every stitch of clothes she had on, run from one end of the Waffle House to the other <laughs> and sit in an old man's lap and eat off his plate oh. and then run outside to our radio station van. What? It was amazing. It was things, a different time in radio. Yeah, things, yeah. things that are illegal now that probably right. weren't illegal then, but you still did. Did she do it? Oh, yeah, she did. Oh, my God. We'd be canceled by the time the show was over. <laughs> There's still a picture of her in front of, the, in front of the radio station van on the Internet. Oh, the golden years. Oh, yeah. Hey, Stas, good morning. You're on the Birch Show. Hello? Hey, good morning. Good morning. Okay, weirdest thing that you have seen at a Waffle House. Um, I actually uh, went there in the middle of the night and ordered a big old combo meal, you know, loaded up the hash browns, everything. They come back to me and tell me that uh, they cannot fulfill my combo because they're out of waffles. At the Waffle House? You got one job. Across the street. <laughs> you got one job. Yeah, that's that's it. Have waffles. That's it. Becca, good morning. You're part of the Burt Show. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi. Um, so it wasn't something that I witnessed personally, but my parents actually got engaged at a Waffle House. Shut. What? Uh, <laughs> were they sober? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, well, actually, <laughs> but yeah, my um, parents just celebrated their 30 years of marriage this weekend, actually. And uh, my mom had never been to a Waffle House, grew up in South Florida. And uh, my dad loved Waffle House. And so he decorated the tables. And because my mom had never been, she didn't know any different. And he popped the question. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and you said that they've been together this how long? 30 years. Unbelievable. Okay. Uh, maybe there's your yeah. key right there. Yeah, you just got to get engaged at the Waho. Thank you for calling. Appreciate it. Asia, good morning. You are on the Burt Show. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Strangest thing you've seen at a Waffle House. Um, actually, Lana Del Rey was working at the Waffle House. So you were there uh, at the one that she went viral. Yes. Um, that actually, I met her the day before, and this girl did our tattoos, and she just so happened to work at Waffle House. So the next day after she did our tattoos that she signed for us, Lana came in the Waffle House, and she was actually in there, like, hanging out, you know, just, like, eating and stuff, and we, like, actually FaceTimed while she was in there. And so, like, when, when the Waffle House thing went viral, everybody was thinking, like, she was just working at Waffle House, but she really was there, like, hanging out, eating and stuff. That's crazy. Wow. That's being in the right place at the right time, right there. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. All right. Good morning, Fernando. You're on the Bircha. Hey, um, the weirdest thing I saw is that it was the middle of the night. I was eating my breakfast, and some guy came in with a bunch of turtles trying to sell them as pets. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That sounds about Waho. And if you, if you get one, you have to name it Waho. I mean, that For has sure. to be the turtle's name. That's fair. Okay, is this going to be true? Hey, Ryan, good morning. Mm. Good morning. I don't know if we're ready for this one, man. So, I was at a Waffle House in my hometown. And we were all eating our food, and there was a homeless guy that was digging through the trash. And about five minutes of him digging through the trash, he comes back in and tells us there's a severed head in the dumpster. What? No! No. Was he drunk? Was he serious? Was there really a severed head in there? There was really a severed head in there. Don't know how long it was in there, but yes, he was drunk. 
That's the least surprising part of that story. So in checking that story out in the news and stuff, did they did you, they find out who this dude was? They never found out, as far as my recollection, they never found out who did it. But yes, there was a severed head in the dumpster. So they identified and, uh, the body, but they just, yeah. they have no, they don't know who committed the crime. Correct. Okay. Well, wow. I mean, yeah, that segment's over. You're not going to do better than that. Yeah. <laughs> we have a winner. That's it. <laughs> I didn't know it was a competition, but it's over. <laughs> the Burt Show. Before we get into the entertainment buzz here, I know a lot of you guys have been hitting me on DMs, and probably you guys also, uh, asking how uh, Rebecca uh, from The Burt Show was doing. And Rebecca had surgery on her tongue for tongue cancer last week. And I think all of us at some point or some way, shape, or form are having communication with the family. I've been talking to her mom back and forth almost every day. And I know that you have a group text with her also. Mm-hmm. And she, obviously, she's being in the hospital, needs to focus on her recovery, but she has hit us up a couple times. Yeah, she's doing really, really well. Mm-hmm. Really well. Uh, taking very positive steps, and her attitude is great, and mom says all the doctors are, like, giving her a thumbs up. So she's doing really, really well. Awesome. All right, entertainment buzz. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. What an honor. The most iconic pop star of the 2000s called Taylor Swift the most iconic pop woman of our generation. So on Instagram, Britney Spears shared that she actually met Taylor back in 2003 backstage on her Oops, I Did It Again tour. She said that her good friend was an assistant manager at the time trying to become a manager and brought Taylor backstage to Britney. And at the age of 14, at the time, Britney Spears was what Taylor Swift is right now, like this huge, massive pop icon. She pulls out her guitar and sings her a little diddly-do or whatever she mm-hmm. was doing back in the day. And they ended up taking a photo. She posted it next to one they took only five years later in 2008. And it was so cool to see like the side-by-side comparison and just two women lifting each other up on the Instagram. To talk about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. It's your breaking Tavis news now on The Burt Show. Obviously, I just needed a story so that I could use my stager. <laughs> <laughs> it was the hardest launch that ever hard launched ever. <laughs> They're not just Instagram official. No. They are world stadium tour official. <laughs> Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey let it be known to the world that they are, in fact, an idol. I lost it when I saw this video of them over the weekend. So let me just go through the gambit of everything that happened this weekend and the significant behind it and why you guys should all care. Okay. <laughs> so during the surprise song set, Taylor Swift surprised the audience in Argentina with a song called Endgame. Now, why is this important, Abby? Well, let me tell you. So when <laughs> Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey became sort of an item, people were making fan edits on TikTok using Endgame as like the song behind it. And people were using that because obviously it's like a sort of sporty reference, but also people were kind of roasting her ex, Joe, who she wrote the song about because the song starts out with big reputation. We both have big reputations, essentially. And people are like, we don't know who Joe is. He doesn't have a big reputation. So it was a big deal to use that song because now it actually makes sense because they both have big reputations. Mm -hmm. So during that song, while she was singing the surprise uh, song Endgame, all of the lights in the stadium blinked Red and gold for the Chiefs. Oh my God! <laughs> they are so in love. They're so in 
love. Now, also, her dad was with him in the VIP tent. He was wearing, he's a lifelong Eagles fan. He was wearing a Chiefs lanyard next to our boy Travis. So, obviously, like, they were kikiing, having a good time. There was also a lyric change at the final song of the night called Karma. Again, a song that was about her ex-boyfriend, Joe. And she changed the lyric Karma is the guy on the screen coming home to me. To Karma is the guy on the chase coming oh home to me. Oh my God, stop it. And I do think you we, gotta stop it. We, we have to recognize, you know, she's been at multiple Chiefs games supporting her man. It is lovely, lovely to see a man show up for his lady and fly all the way to Argentina to support her and watch her perform. Let's make this the new normal. Yeah, so I will say this. Uh, I am very tired of seeing her on TV during Chiefs games when the football game is on and they're constantly flashing at her. However... I did get caught up in this this weekend. <laughs> I, I thought it was really, really cool because it brings you back to that time where you first met somebody and you're so excited and so intoxicated and so in love that you will do anything to get to them, right? So this dude hops, I mean, he's got the money to do it. He hops on his own private plane, flies down to Argentina to be at her show, which I thought was really, really cool and very romantic. And then... They showed a video of her seeing him from side stage and running off the stage to jump in his arms. And she was so excited that I thought, that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. They met in a love meet embrace and they had a little smoochy smooch. And this is a big deal because we've seen a video similar to this with her ex, Joe. And he's only been, Joe, in the six years that they were together, only went to one of her live shows and he looked miserable the entire time. <laughs> so to see Travis be there and be so excited and compare that side by side to the one video we've seen of her and Joe embracing, like the difference is night and day. This man was so excited to be there. And why wouldn't he be? Like during some of the song... Uh, uh, song lyrics, she was pointing to him in the crowd in front of thousands and thousands of people. So I know he's got to be feeling very special right now. This is top shelf for her, right? She's going out with some pretty cool dudes for sure, but this is top shelf. Right? Tom, we're, we're just excited that she is finally dating somebody that is also excited about the fact that he's dating Taylor so Swift. Like John Mayer, Jake Gyllenhaal, Tom Harry Styles. Styles. Harry Styles. Harry Styles, that's tough to beat. Well, not with the new buzz cut. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Abby. <laughs> he needs to grow it back. He's like a chia pet. All right, it was the worst opening weekend in Marvel history. I'll tell you how bad the most recent installment in the MCU bombed on your next e-buzz on The Bird Show. The Bird Show. I'm super curious as we get into this phone call with Melissa, who over the weekend was thinking about telling her parents that she and her husband are separated. They've kept this secret for a long time, and she was wondering if she should go through the holidays uh, and just keep it a secret until, like, January. So I'm really curious if you guys want to join the show. If we were opening up the virtual book of records, what is the longest amount of time you kept your separation or your divorce from your family? one 855 Uh Let's see what Melissa did over the weekend. Hey, Melissa. Hey, how you doing? Good. Okay, so for those that didn't hear you on Friday, can you sort of give mm -hmm. us like the 30 or 60 second recap of how we got to this point? Absolutely. So, um, well, I'm going home, starting to visit my family for the holidays, but they don't know that my husband and I are separated. Um, and I was debating whether to tell my parents because for the last couple of years, uh, something bad has happened right before the holidays for my parents, uh, COVID, family death, loss of jobs, something has happened. So I didn't kind of want to be the bearer of bad news this year. 
Um, and my dad was so adamant about my mom having a great holiday season, so he didn't want anything bad to happen. Um, so I was trying to figure out whether I should tell them or actually try to convince my ex-husband to just come and fake it with me until after the holidays and tell my mom. And I think we were so, split yeah. in this room on gender. It's like Mo and I were like, just rip the Band-Aid off. Yeah. And you guys were like, nah, wait, right? Yeah, I was like, um, I, I would wait till after the holiday and um, just plan to have, like, pretend like your husband's going to be there. And then he got, you know, he got sick and then must spread his germs so he couldn't mm-hmm. make it. So what'd you end up doing? Well, um, I decided to tell my dad and see what he thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he absolutely wants me to keep it a secret until January. Okay. Um, he doesn't <laughs> want my mom to know anything at all. Um, he even asked me to convince my ex, my soon be ex to come and take it. And he told me if I did that, he actually uh, contribute to my attorney fees for the divorce. Oh, wow. Wait. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Dad knows that how to. That kind of wild. Okay. Be a real one. But Melissa, should he also hey. contribute to your ex-husband's attorney fees if he's the one that's going to have to come and take it? <laughs> Oh, well, I, I don't, he didn't talk about that part. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. That's, that's a good way to keep it on lock. You know, and he said he just, just definitely didn't want her to know. And I figured since he's her spouse, he knows her better than I do. I'd go along with that. But, um, I actually asked my, um, my son of the if he'd come and surprisingly he said, yes. Really? Wow. Okay. And he loves my mom. So I'm not even he sure. He come. So. I'm not even sure what to do with all this. It's like a positive outcome. Everything worked out all along the the way. That's great. Uh, Yeah, I'm hoping it all works out and we can, you know, pull off this Oscar-worthy performance. (laughs) I'm I'm assuming you you left the whole part about your dad and the attorney fees out when you asked your ex to go through the (laughs) thing. Yeah, yeah. Didn't tell him all that. Okay, all right, yeah, all right. What do we say? 100% honesty sometimes is like two percentage points too much. A little too much. All right, so Melissa, before we let you go, you have to promise... Can we check in with you after the holiday to see how the great performance went? <laughs> uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. All right. All right. Good luck. Good luck. Seriously. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right. Bye-bye. All right. We got a couple extra minutes here. Um, you know how we're, we talk about double standards a lot, right? And usually, I mean, the cliche one is, look, a man in the office that is confident and is a leader, that's a good thing. But a, if a woman does the same thing, she's considered a B, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it was Abby this morning that said that she's on TikTok and there's this whole thread now of dudes that are like digging in and sticking up for themselves, right? Oh yeah, the incel side of TikTok, but I was just keeping it light with them calling me out for not having hobbies. This sounds like we're about to talk more about double standards, which I could really go off of. All right, so this is a dude saying the double standards go both ways. See what you guys think of this. It still boggles my mind. If a girl wants a guy who's older, it's a preference. If a guy wants a girl who's younger, it's creepy and immature. If a girl doesn't want to date a short guy, it's preference. If a guy doesn't want to date a girl that's overweight, he's an asshole who's not focused on the things that matter. If a girl wants a guy who can take charge, it's a preference. If a guy wants a girl who will submit to his lead, he's, you guessed it, misogynistic. If a girl sets a boundary, it's empowering. If a guy sets a boundary, it's controlling. Women have preferences. Men have something wrong with them. This isn't a double standard. It's just illogical. So why does anyone accept this? But right. they're not the same thing. You guys ding, ding, fight. Ding, ding, ding. I want to see you guys fight. But it's literally, it's like if you want a guy to be assertive, that that, but then that means the the man should also want a woman to be assertive. Like he was literally doing the opposites, and therefore it's not the same thing. 
Like, if a woman wanted a man to be submissive, that's one thing. Yes. Like, they both have to be submissive. It's like, it's okay for you to want somebody to be assertive, but it's not okay for you to want somebody to be submissive. Yeah, because they're two pol- they're, those are two opposite things. Okay, that might be one. How about the other stuff he said? Okay, fine. How about if a guy wants a younger girl, it's creepy, and if a girl wants an older man, it's not. Um, hello, that one writes itself. And we're not talking about either. We're not talking about, like, a 40-year-old dating, like, a 30-year-old or something like that. Mm. We're talking about, like... 30s or even late 20s hitting up 18 year olds and 19 year olds mm, that's nasty. yeah it leaves an ick in your mouth so like if a 19 year old is like i want to date a 25 year old well that's what you want to date an older dude but being an adult and looking at an 18 year old i recognize that you're an adult but in terms of my age you're a child and to be attracted to a child is gross not the same thing the double standard would be if it's okay for a woman to want to date a married man but it's not okay for a man to want to date an older woman in that example though i do think that it is received a little better when a woman wants to date a younger man like a perfect example is when jada pinkett was dating her daughter or her daughter or her son's best friend in August Alcina. It was, was like, it wasn't dating. They were in an entanglement. Okay. <laughs> okay. He, he was a child and she didn't really get a lot of slack for that. And I feel like if a guy had done that mm-hmm. with yeah. a younger woman that was a friend of her, of his child, he, he would have got raked through the coals. That would be a double standard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I agree with you hundred percent there. I think it's creepy if a grown women want to date like 18, 19 year olds mm-hmm. like that. Is, but that would be the comparison. It would be, it's not okay for a guy to date a child or a 19 year old, but it's okay for a woman to date a 19 year old. That's a double standard. Not saying a guy can't date young, but a girl can date older. That They're not the same They're not thing. equitable. What do you think? Yeah. And the statement about him saying, if a guy sets a boundary, it's controlling, tells me everything I need to know about this guy because there's a difference between setting a boundary and being controlling. And that's the kind of language that feels very gaslighty to me. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not trying to control you. I'm just setting a boundary. Because there's a there's a clear difference between setting an expectation and what you're looking for rather than actually trying to control somebody. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I really do agree with you. <laughs> I listen to it and I'm like, oh, this is not going to be a good fight. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do a good job. He didn't do a great job. No. The Burt Show. All right, Abby, so there are some dudes that are still trying just a little bit too hard on Hinged. Oh, oh, yes. So on Hinged, you can use these voice prompts to beef up your profile a little bit to attract the opposite sex. However, sometimes, um, specifically when men use voice prompts on Hinge, it does the exact opposite. And instead of attracting them, um, pushes them away. And that has been very clear since we've been starting doing this segment called Unhinged, where I share some of the worst voice prompts that I have been able to find on on the app Hinge. Now I do have, I will say, I do have some women on here as well just to show you that, you know, it's not just a one-sided thing. However, I do think it is pretty apparent that um, it's lopsided. So let's get into my segment we call Unhinged. So so for the first guy that I have up, uh, he just decided to share a little bit too much information. And um, (laughs) I think proves just sometimes some things don't need to be shared on your dating app profile. I have so much butt hair that when I fart, it doesn't even make any noise. It literally acts as like a a suppressor. It's pretty cool. 
Really? He really opened up his mouth yep. and thought that that was going to be an attractive thing to tell women. TMI with the butt hair. Wow, yeah. out the gate with it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although there are some women that really super love, I mean, love super hairy guys. I like so a hairy maybe. man, but I don't like a hairy butt. Right. Yeah, not down there. <laughs> and plus, when you get a white. Mm. No, boy. Oh, it's like trying you. to rub peanut butter through a shag carpet. Stop, 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 stop this. Stop. You stop. Twisted. You stop right now. Wow. Okay. okay. Just why? <laughs> Just why? <laughs> you, are, you are out of order. <laughs> I can't get that visual out of my head. Okay. So <laughs> okay, the next guy just wants to make sure that your expectations are at a reasonable level. Sometimes uh, I pee sitting down, so don't be too impressed. What? It's like they're trying to turn women off <laughs> as hard as they can. We just talked about that, though. Like, it was, a, it was Shania Twain that was like, you need to push as many people away as possible. Yeah. Just see who st- sticks around. Would you guys be totally turned off if, like, you're dating a guy and, I mean, you get to a point where you're comfortable enough, right? And you open up the door while he's peeing and he's peeing sitting down? I don't, I don't <laughs> care. No, literally don't care. Um... I would care. Okay. <laughs> let's let's yeah. get to the bottom of this. Why would you care? I'm just picturing, I don't know if I could say this on the radio, but I'm just picturing him sitting there and just having to like constantly, <laughs> I don't, you know, you're like, he's just got to constantly push it down. It doesn't really work like that. It doesn't uh, work like that. What? But either way. <laughs> you think it's like a mechanic with a, with a button? You think it's like a spout <laughs> on a fountain? <laughs> like one of those fish? Uh, you think this works? We don't walk around excited all the time. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it's just, okay, because I, I think what we're trying not to say is that it's feminine. It's a feminine. It's a little feminine. Right. Also, it might be a little messy. Like, there's no, a reason it's actually easier it's cleaner. cleaner. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yes. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Tell me you failed health class without charging. You failed health class. Listen, I'm not opening up the door on all these dudes coming over to my place just being like, how are you sitting? How are you standing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing research here. All right, let's turn it around. Mo, you're starting to see a girl and she pees standing up and you walk in. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the end of that relationship. I ain't gonna lie to you. Okay, but why? Huh? Why? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know how to explain this to y'all. Why is she standing up? Yeah, cause Why is he sitting down? Easier cleanup. Yeah. What if it's easier? What is she doing it for? Give me the reason. Your, your toilet's dirty. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh she, she doesn't, doesn't want to sit, sit on it. She's like sitting on toilets because they're dirty. <laughs> so she does it from oh, her own cleanliness re- factor. Or you just realize she's not a she, man. That's where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to say this. Wow. Well, <laughs> that was a hell of a night, but this, this has got to be over. <laughs> okay. Now, the next woman. Hold on one oh, sec. God, okay. Hey, Sarah, good morning. You're on the Burt Show. Hi. Oh, we lost. Ah, dang it. She Wait. was calling up to endorse dudes sitting down to pee. Okay. And I'm guessing it's because of the cleanup. Clean clean yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What a great oh, point, Sarah. And Vanessa also has, I think, a very nice little tidbit. Hi, Vanessa. Good morning. Uh, yes, I had to take my son to a urologist because he was having some issues. Yep. And the urologist said that it's actually better to sit to pee as a man because when you stand to pee, you don't fully empty your bladder. And um, it's bad for your prostate to stand and pee, so you're more likely to have prostate issues as you get older. Gotcha. I'll deal with wow. that. I'll no. deal with that later. I'm really just anti. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really just anti-prostate health is the real issue here. <laughs> okay, it's Movember. Okay. It is. It is. <laughs> Hashtag yes, all prostates. <laughs> okay. The next woman that I'm going to share says that she identifies as a feline living the human experience. 
two things actually do you want a human kitty in your life because owning one is top tier but it is a commitment it is a lot of work i do need a lot of love i will ask you to pet me like all the time i do like going on walks ideally in nature on a leash yes please What's worse, a woman standing up to pee or pretending to be a, oh. a human cat? Here we go. <laughs> there you go. Mm, give me a stander. A what? A stander. A stander? A stander? You- yeah, okay. I'll take the stander over, yeah. the, over the cat. For okay, sure. this last one, I think, it might be the best piece of audio I've ever found because he decided to send a woman unsolicited a song that he created that I'm titling, I Bleeped in Your Cheese Drawer. Uh, uh, uh. that out because there's wow. just so many great one-liners in there. Uh, can I ask a favor? For our bonus episode, can we listen to it in its entirety? Please. Is. Okay. Please. We have to? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. It's the Burt Show. The Burt Show. I wanted this to happen so badly over the weekend, and Kristen shocked me. I didn't see I didn't see this part of the game. Uh, Georgia playing Ole Miss over the weekend, and, well, the best part of the game was Georgia just smoking Ole Miss. Uh, but the second part, I told you guys that uh, Heather McMahon is an uh, actress and stand-up comedian based out of Atlanta. I have never met her, but I consider her my friend. <laughs> you would thoroughly enjoy her podcast as well. So funny, man. Really, really funny. Um, and uh, she went to Ole Miss. But she is from or lives in Georgia. So it made sense that with game day, ESPN's game day being in Athens, that she even made a pitch. She's like, hey, game day, if you want somebody to talk about, nobody knows both these schools better than I do. Bring it here. And I was excited by that. So uh, she ended up on the show on Saturday on game day. Here's the deal. I know that there's a big sports rivalry today, but Georgia fans and Ole Miss fans, we really get along. We really do. Athens is amazing. So is Oxford. We're here to party. Ole Miss may not win every game, but we never lose a party, and that's on God. (laughs) (laughs) On God, He is so good, man. So good for you, Heather McMahon. Congratulations. That's awesome. A really special night last night at Phipps with our Burt's Big Adventure holiday uh, bash. Yeah, it's our um, holiday family reunion. So Burt's Big Adventures, our nonprofit, where we take kids with chronic and terminal illness down to Disney. But it's turned into more than that. We've built a community uh, with these families. And so four times a year, we bring them all together again for our reunions. And every year, we have our holiday reunion at Phipps. The Santa at Phipps is there. 
He is fantastic, and they donate all the photo packages to the families. So if you're from Atlanta or you've been here long enough, you know how difficult it is to get uh, a slot with Santa. That's, that is where we go for our family photos. Mm-hmm. Um, I signed up in July to get the notification, and that got sent out in early October <laughs> to sign up. And already when I went in to sign up for our pictures, a majority of the dates had been taken. Wow. Crazy, right? Mm-hmm. So the fact that dude's there with his wife, by the way, who's like welcoming everybody also, and it's a complete schedule for our Birch Big Adventure kids is really something special. It's very, very special. So yeah, so um, last night we had our holiday family reunion. Santa at Phipps was incredible as always. We have to do a huge thank you to Gas South because they sponsored our reunions, and we had over seventy Burt's Big Adventure families. That was that was that means we had over three hundred and fifty family members there at the reunion last night. So it was packed. Carriage House Catering provided the meal. Um, T three Event Rentals, which Bert and I got to talk to them last night. Uh, they donated tables, chairs, and linens. But as we were talking to them, they're like, "Hey, you remember that hurricane wedding you took care of years ago? Yeah, we we donated to that." And I'm like, "Yeah, shut up, I remember that." And then they're like, "Also, you know, when you all did the big thank you, we donated tables." for that too and I'm like yep. you guys are the best nice yeah, I, I, my ears perked up when you said T3. It used to be tense, tense, tense. They got tired of saying tense. Yeah. So many times. Yeah. <laughs> now they're called T3. Yeah. Well, it's they, cool hearing them be a part of it. Yeah, they're more than, they, they're more than tense. They have tables as well, so they're like, we need to change our mm-hmm. name, so they did. Yvonne Monet was awesome last night, too. Um, and we did this silent disco, which is like the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah, all, all the right. kids have their headphones on, and they're dancing around. <laughs> um, Carter's shows up every year, and they have a craft uh, table for all the kids, and this year they did Grinch Slime. So all the kids got to make slime. That's where all the slime came from. Yes. Carter's was, because they've done cookie decorating. They've made ornaments in the past. And this year, it was all about the slime. Uh, JW Marriott, we really got to thank you guys a lot. We had uh, families coming in from all over the country. They came in from uh, Indiana last night also. And even the ones that are like way out in Georgia, it would be a super hassle to come in a bucket, Mm -hmm. which is really, really intimidating for anybody that's living outside the perimeter. But um, JW Marriott's like, hey, no problem. We'll put them up here, and it was like within walking distance to Phipps. So thank you to JW Marriott. Uh, Button up photo booth. Thank you for being there, adding some extra pizzazz to our reunion. And, of course, the the best volunteer you could ever ask for, Cindy Powers, because we had princesses, we had superheroes, we had Star Wars characters that were all there last night. And that, of course, just adds like the cherry on the top for a holiday reunion. So I'm curious for Mo and Abby, what was the highlight for you last night? Oh, that's tough. Um, I, Alejandro is one of my favorite BBA uh-huh. families. I love seeing him. He ran up to me, gave me the biggest hug. I haven't seen him in so long. And it always kind of takes you aback when you see how big they've yes. gotten in a little bit of time that yes. you haven't seen them. Like, wow. So that that was awesome. Um, just walking around, seeing some of the families I haven't seen in such a long time. And the um, the disco line of all of the, the kids, <laughs> doing that was pretty fun to see, too. Yeah, for me, I'm still in that phase where I feel a little bit like an observer because I don't know any of these families quite personally yet because I haven't been on the trip. But every time I come to a reunion, I'm always just so pleasantly shocked to see how close these families uh-huh. get. Like anytime I'm I'm talking to a parent or a kid, they're like, oh, this is so-and-so. They were on my trip five years ago. And I'm like, wow, it's so incredible to see how they keep in touch and are still so invested in, in each other's lives. And um, it is also just really cool to see all the kids and um, what this organization has done for them. And, you know, we get to talk about the fun times they had on the trip, but also like 
there's a lot of real talk too with some of the surgeries that they have coming up too. So there's a mix of both, but yeah, it's always really impactful to go and see the families. If you guys have even donated one penny, you, you need to go see the pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will speak volumes to you guys and they're all up online right now at birdspeakadventure.org. All right, so why is it so difficult for you to get uh, flowers for your niece? I would love Katie to join in on this conversation because I I hit her up because I didn't want to make a misstep. So I am so excited to announce my niece, Kelsey, is engaged. Congratulations. She got that ring. She did get that ring. So Kelsey, my niece, is engaged to her significant other, Jules. They are the most precious couple ever. And um, this shouldn't be the focal point because it's about their love, but they are a lesbian couple, right? And so I wanted to, we, we weren't able to be in Kentucky this past weekend for the engagement, but I wanted to send something um, as like a, as a congratulations. So I was going to send a, a beautiful bouquet of flowers. So I'm, I'm on the florist website and I'm looking at the flowers and I'm like, I want to celebrate their love, but I also want to celebrate hashtag love wins. But, you know, I know this is a, a big deal for the LGBTQ community, but at the same time, do I want that to be the focal point or do I want their love to be the focal point? It was so hard picking flowers for a lesbian engaged couple and I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I have a feeling you got all like lost in so many thoughts here. So many it thoughts. It seems so easy. It, well, you would get the same flowers. Wouldn't you? That's, As you would anybody. You would, but I was thinking that, and I would, but also at the same time, I want to celebrate the fact that, you know, that they're LGBTQ mm-hmm. couple. But I'm like, so do, do I do that, or do I just focus on the love? Like, well, if, I was so in my head about this, and I just, I didn't want to do the wrong thing. Here's the interesting question to me that you're bringing up, and Katie, um, so at some point, these marriages will be so normalized that we won't have to struggle with these kind of decisions, right? Mm-hmm. So the fact that Kristen is there right now, is a is that a step forward? Because I, I feel like in my head, we're already there. Oh, with, 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 with. <laughs> like not, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have thought twice about it. Not quite. I understand why Kristen was like thinking about this because we're not where it's just completely normal and everybody's like, just give them a hetero bouquet. No, there's still a difference. So, it's a big deal. Yeah. And so that's why when Kristen first asked me about it, the first thing that I was, I was like, oh, rainbow bouquet, you know, just a nice little mm. assortment that's like, hey, celebrating. I didn't think twice about it. And then Kristen's like, well, would that be taken away? I was like, uh-huh. rainbows, that's cute. That's like awesome. And then she started overthinking, which made me overthink. I was like, well, I just want a rainbow bouquet. What I ended up doing is sending a beautiful bouquet of red roses to celebrate their love. There it is. Okay, it's the Bird Show. The Bird Show.